There are a lot of jerky people out there doing jerky things. Not you or me, of course. But you know what I'm talking about, because we hear about them every time we turn on the news or log on to any of our social media or simply leave the comfort of our own little sanctuaries and go out into that jerky world. But you and I also know if we really keep our eyes open, it's not all bad news and jerks out there. In fact, there are actually some people who are inspiring, encouraging, and go out of their way in big and small ways to make the world a better place, one story at a time. And that, my friends, is what we're here to talk about on today's episode of Isle of Misfits. So gather around, grab a graham cracker or your snack of choice, and get ready for story time. Okay, so here we are in a brand new year, and who knows what's in store for 2018. But one thing is for sure, we're going to be hearing about a lot of people in the next 350 or so days. And while some of those people stories may make you shake your head in wonderment at the sorry state of our human condition, not today, my friends, because today we only have stories that will make you nod your head in agreement and perhaps even relief that chivalry is not dead and basic kindness has not gone out of style. We are here today to hear from Anna McCarg, who wrote a little book she likes to call People Are Good, 100 True Stories to Restore Your Faith in Humanity. So Anna, welcome, welcome to the Isle of Misfits. We could not be any happier to have you join us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, we're really excited. Hey, at this point in time, beginning a new year, we need some good news. So, uh, so yeah, so give us some good news today. And we know, we know there's a lot of good news. A hundred stories. That's a lot of stories. It is. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because when you give people the opportunity to share something that has happened to them, that has changed the course of their day or that has even just brought a smile to their face, people are very excited to share those stories. So I'm, I'm pleased that so many people submitted. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, reading through them, I mean, just, it was just wonderful. Just, um, you know, and some were, some were amazing. I mean, they all were amazing, but some were just so simple. You're like, you know, there is something amazing just about the simplicity of a kind act that I think we often overlook. So I want to spend some time talking about that today. But before we do, we have a little tradition that our Isle of Misfit listeners are familiar with. Uh, we like to do what we call um, play a stupid game. And, you know, that's what we're all about. Um, so if you're up for it, um, today's stupid game involves stories because that's, you know, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about stories. So um, there, I, I've shamelessly lifted this from a, another uh, radio program that I won't mention. Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. Um, but, so we're going to, we're going to, uh, I'm going to give you three stories. Okay. The, right. These are three inspiring stories that you okay. that you may or may not believe and with good reason because two of them are going to be absolutely false all right so so um your task but one of them will be true and your task is to weed out the wheat among the tares and tell me which story is actually true are you ready are you willing <laughs> okay she's laughing so does that okay i'm gonna take okay. that as a yes okay she's ready and i'm gonna do my best okay all right here we go all right so the first story all right the story goes that researchers uh, working on a remote island. This is about monkeys, by the way. Okay, they, they, uh, they distributed sandy sweet potatoes to a colony of monkeys. 
And some of the younger monkeys learned how to wash these potatoes before eating them. And this caught on, and other monkeys started washing their potatoes too until there were a hundred monkeys and pretty soon all the monkeys in other colonies and other islands close by started washing their potatoes so it was a pay it forward potato washing oh. extravaganza so that's story number one all right oh, that's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay all right story number two if uh okay i'm just gonna say you probably know you've heard the song and my listeners or at least my blog readers know how i feel about this song and I'll just say that if, if, yeah. All right, the Christmas shoes. You know the story? Little kid goes into the store, oh, of course. wants to buy the shoes, can't afford the shoes. The guy, if you watch the movie, it's Rob Lowe, gives him the money for the shoes. That's pretty much the story. So that's story number two. Okay. Number three, Mr. Rogers once won over a grumpy congressman by singing a song resulting in PBS giving not just the Mr. Rogers show, but, um, or, I'm sorry, resulting in PBS getting $20 million from the government. So, which one is true? Is it the monkeys and their potatoes? Is it the Christmas shoes? Or is it Mr. Rogers? Which one is true? It's 100% Mr. Rogers. You got it. You know. And how did you know that? You're, you seem very confident about that. I, I just heard that on NPR myself, actually. Uh very good yes and that is a good story for npr to uh to be touting because yes and everyone loves mr rogers and i'm uh being from pittsburgh that's where i'm from yeah we're all about mr rogers because this was his his land so and he makes me happy and he does yeah so i'm so sorry the monkey potato thing wasn't true <laughs> and as most of us know i have a little pet peeve with the christmas shoes and i'm sorry i don't mean to offend anyone if they're deeply touched by the christmas shoes story but I have an issue with it. It was an email forward in the 90s, if you're old enough to remember those. And the song was based on a made-up email. It was a made-up email, people. Oh. <sighs> but, oh, dear. Yeah, but Mr. Rogers, he wins the day. So congratulations. You have won, and you would have won no matter what. So um, as soon as it becomes a thing, uh, my one of my New Year's resolutions this year is to get Island of Misfit t-shirts made. So uh, hopefully at some point, in 2018, getting your very own Isle of Misfit t-shirt. I, I will wear it proudly. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you are so welcome. Well, okay, so now really we should be talking about your book because that's what you hear. So, you know, uh, again, 100 stories, that's a lot of stories. And, yeah. you know, I imagine there were even more stories that you had to weed through to make, you know, to, to get to the final cut. So, so tell us about that process. How did, you know, how did you compile these stories? And let's start there. Okay, yeah, so what happened is um, when I decided to actually, you know, compile these, I set out a, um, a, a list of criteria for the story, and I sent it to my network, uh, I sent it to my sister's network, and then um, I sent it, well, I asked my uh, friend Jeannie Wynn, who's actually a publicist, to send it to her network, and between the three of us, we were able to gather about 170 to 180 stories in that range, and then what we did is we actually... Um, printed all of them out old school and we um, laid them all out on a table and we actually um, went over each and every one and and read them and we, we tried to figure out how they made us feel and the reality was that they all touched us in some way all seven, you know, 170 180 of them um, but when we got down to the top 100 these were um, stories that made my sister and me fulfill just some special um, 
feeling that, that you can't just get from anything. And I really feel like, you know, we also prayed a lot because we really wanted to have God's involvement in this. So um, how, that's actually how we narrowed it down is we got to the point where both of us felt something special over each of the stories. And that's how we got to our 100. Okay. So, yeah. So 100 stories, that is a lot. And that's a lot of stories to read and, and to read through. But I will say this, even though, I, I mean, yeah, 100 stories sounds daunting. I will say this book is very readable. The way you break them down, they're, they're very succinct. But um, but having said that, they're not they're complete. Each story really evokes uh, an, an emotion and, and, and really communicates, I think, what, you know, what the essence of this book is all about is that, you know, people, yeah, we screw up. But but, you know, there's there's still something in that, that God has put in us that wants to do good to our fellow man. Exactly. And what I've discovered is, you know, with people coming forth with their stories is that when you give a person an opportunity to rise to help someone or to do something loving or something kind, something sweet, they really want to do it. They do. They just, some people, you know, what I've learned is some people are actually intimidated because they feel like their, uh, their contribution or their act is, is too simple and it doesn't make a big enough difference. So I've heard literally two, three, four times that people say, well, I'm no Mother Teresa. I can't possibly change the world. Now, listen, maybe you can't change the whole world, but you can absolutely change somebody's world. And that's the point of this whole thing is it doesn't matter how uh, big the act is or how small the act is. The fact is that the act will change someone's life. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. Um, Once you get your arms around the idea that um, the tiniest little thing matters, those opportunities present themselves all day long, every day. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you just spoke of Mother Teresa. I was um, I was trying to remember one of your stories actually had a quote by Mother Teresa about, you know, doing, um, you know, oh, maybe I can't do something great, but we, we all can do something that greatly impacts somebody. Do you remember that quote? I, I know I'm butchering it. No, but that's exactly right. The point is that, you know, we don't have to do a giant thing. We just have to do something that's meaningful to someone. Yes, absolutely. What a difference that makes. Mm-hmm. And this one I did write down. This was on page 166. This, uh, this just jumped out at me. Um, that we should never underestimate the extraordinary gift that we can give with an ordinary act. Right, right. I believe that. I think that this book proves that. I mean, of all the 170 or 80 stories, every single one showed that people are willing to do uh, something that's meaningful to someone else. We just need to have the opportunity, and we also just have to look for those those chances. Yeah. So, and and we keep talking about opportunity, and you know that just recognizing the opportunity. I I know, um, you know, a little earlier before we started uh, officially recording this podcast, we were talking about Romans. I think it's Romans five sixteen that talks about making the most of every opportunity that comes our way, and. Um, is there anything you saw in common that might have taught you something about how do we recognize these opportunities? You know, they, you, I think that's a fair question because people are intimidated and don't really know how to start seeing them. But I often feel like since I started this book, I often feel a nudge. I feel like, um, you know, if I'm driving down the street or, and I'm not saying some supernatural thing because that's, you know, some people don't, don't feel that way. But I'm talking about, you know, the feeling that, um, there, there are opportunities everywhere, and if you just keep your eyes open, that, that nudge or that something in your, in your body or your soul or your mind will tell you that 
um, there's something I can do here. I mean, I, I always tell this story, and this is actually one of the first things that got me on the road to this book, is that um, I, I have a daughter. She's, um, at, the, she, at the time, she was eight, and she uh, is very afraid to get off the school bus by herself unless she sees me for whatever reason. Um, and I was stuck in traffic. I'm from Boise, Idaho, and there's hardly ever traffic here. So I'm driving down the road. I'm stuck in traffic. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, she's going to be frightened to get off that bus. And um, at that time, I had a phone call from one of my neighbors, just coincidentally, who was, you know, saying, hey, you know, where are you, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm just racing home to get Gabs off the bus. And she said, um, oh, gosh, don't rush. Just be, be okay. Everything's fine. I'll, I'll race down there, and I'll get her off the bus and tell her everything's okay. So, okay, she did that. That took her five minutes. And that's changed my day, but more importantly, changed my daughter's day because she's frightened. And now she's able to get off the bus, she's able to come home and know everything's okay, and that she's not going to have nightmares that night, or she's not going to have, you know, night terrors, which she does have if I'm not there, um, but how much did that take from my neighbor? It took nothing, I mean, it took five minutes, it didn't cost her a penny, um, and it was a loving, thoughtful thing to do, because she knows that that was important to Gabs. Um, that's actually, you know, one thing that I keep in my mind, is that something that simple, wow, that had a huge impact on two people. Yes. And again, you know, it doesn't sound like a huge thing. Okay. Yeah. She went five minutes out of her way. No big deal. And yet what a huge deal it was to you, to your daughter. And that's, that's the, what we're talking about is, is keeping our eyes open for those opportunities and, you know, and being willing to maybe even take a risk because maybe you think, well, this isn't a big deal or maybe this is dumb or whatever, but you know, there's something about taking a risk that, uh, you know, at the very least, I, I guess the worst is that we look foolish, right? But um, but looking foolish in the name of, of kindness, I don't think you can ever go wrong, really. It's funny because I hadn't ever thought of it as taking a risk. I really love that. I think you're absolutely right. You really do take a risk, don't, don't you? You have to step out on a limb to say, you know, I want to help somebody even if they aren't interested. Oh, gosh, that's a really great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to actually ask you to repeat that because the first part of what you said kind of cut out. So I didn't catch it, but I caught the last part. But um, yeah. So can you just say that again? Well, I was just saying that um, the, the notion that you actually are taking a risk I hadn't thought of that before because you really are taking a risk because you don't know what the other person is going to say, if they're going to reject your kindness or if they're just not interested. But um, when you actually do take a risk, boy, the rewards are, are giant. They are, they are um, something that can spread. So uh, I, I appreciate that, that take on it. I hadn't thought of it before. Yeah, well, I'm usually the outlier. So that's why I say that. Like, I'm the one that, you know, I'll, I'll go to the stranger and, you know, whatever it is that I think. And, you know, it doesn't always turn out as the, you know, the, maybe it wouldn't be a story that you'd want in your book. And yet, you know, it'd be like, oh, awkward. But even in those moments, I, I really believe that God has a purpose. And sometimes, whether it's awkward or whether you just don't ever see the results, I, I really and truly believe that that there are some things that we may never know. We may never know the seeds that we're sowing. And, it, and because the person that God has called us to they may not know in that moment. It may be something that they look back on. So I think it's always good to take that risk if you feel that prompt. Right. I agree. I love that perspective. Oh, yeah. It comes from years of uh, <laughs> trial and error. But, but I, I know in my own life, people have been kind to me. And I haven't always necessarily um, 
let them know in that moment how much it meant to me because maybe I didn't know how much it meant to me in that moment. And in that moment is, is that's just the birthing point of something that could continue on. So you're right. I mean, when people have the opportunity to be grateful for something, I think they want to be, and they, they want to share their gratitude for somebody who's taken a risk. Like you said, somebody who's t- changed the act, but sometimes you just don't know. You just don't know. And that's not the point. The point is simply that you did make the effort and that you felt a nudge that you felt a calling and you, you went with it. Yes, 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 yes. So, all right. So on that note, let's, I, I want to, you know, there's a hundred, so I know we can't get to a hundred of them, but there, was there any story that just really stuck out to you that you just love to talk about? I know you, you talked about the, the one with, you know, you and your daughter and the, and the friend who picked her up, but um, any, any other ones, like I'm, I'm looking at a whole bunch of them, like rotisserie chicken and paychecks and strangers waiting at the bus station. But um, I'd love to hear what maybe some of your favorites were. Well, I, I do have a few favorites, um, which is, you know, probably not good as the author, but um, I do have a few favorites. But let me just say one thing is that, you know, along those same lines, I was completely shocked um, at the fact that everybody has a different favorite. Hmm. I really thought that people were going to like the same ones that I liked. You know, my favorites would be your favorites, and my favorites would be my neighbor's favorites. I was at a book club, and um, there were about uh, maybe 30 people in it, and they all had read the book. And there was only one duplication of favorites. Now, isn't Hmm. that amazing? Because people are touched in different ways. They really are. Right. Um, And I find that shocking. But anyway, um, getting back to your question is I, I do have a few favorites. One that I wanted to read is simply just because it's, it is so very simple. It was something so very easy. And the person has no idea what she did. Um, it's called Bottles of Water on page 113. Hmm. Um, and it, says, it starts like this. At 92 years old, my dad was still loving life. Yes. He yeah. had suffered a stroke and a few bouts of pneumonia, but nothing could stop him from enjoying the ball game, go angels, or a good plate of spaghetti or a stroll around the block. One particularly hot Los Angeles day, he still wanted to get outside for his routine walk. While we knew there was some risk in this because he hadn't fully recovered from the stroke or the pneumonia, we thought, he's 92 and he wants to walk. His caregiver and I attached him to his walker and off we went. He liked to walk the full block, which is about a quarter mile, but we thought this would be pushing it. Dad insisted. After all, he had walked this path hundreds, maybe even thousands of times. But at the end of our street, only a few steps in, Dad was already breathless, panting even. He sat, we sat him down in the corner, wondering how we would get him home. It wasn't far, but he, we certainly couldn't carry him. And that's when a stranger from across the street ran out to us with three bottles of cold water. She didn't know us, but she could see that we were in a situation. Several minutes and a full bottle of cold water later, Dad was good to go, ready to continue his walk. Water on a hot day may not seem like a lot to everyone, but to my dad, it was a tiny act that helped him hang on one more day to those things he loves. I love it. I love that story. I was actually just reading that again this morning. I just feel like, okay, how hard was it for someone to bring a bottle of water across the street to an elderly gentleman who just wanted to go on his daily walk? Wow. I mean, things like that are so meaningful. She has no idea what she did for him that day. Right, right, yeah, and and that's that's the amazing thing. She may she may never know, and maybe one day she'll you know she'll get that thank you. But even if she doesn't, I have a feeling that she probably lives her life that way. I'm wondering. I think she must. Isn't that beautiful? Oh yeah, it's tremendously beautiful. I mean, you know, I was um, so many other stories like uh, the one about the rotisserie chicken. You know, the woman who 
just you know at the end of the day she it was just a, a neighbor that that right brought her over a prepackaged salad and a loaf of bread uh figuring if god wanted me to have a chicken i might as well have a couple of sides too you know and i, I love the 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 tagline at the end god saw me and he loved me how did i know he sent me a chicken that's awesome he yeah and so I, these are just tremendous and it's so readable. I mean, this is the kind of thing, you know, you could start your day, you know, read one every day for a hundred days or read one and ponder it for a few days and let it take you throughout the year. Right. It's funny because in my mind, I was thinking that exact thing that everybody would read, you know, who had, a, who had the copy of the book would read one a day. But then at this book club, um, all of the women there said, well, I thought I would read one a day, but then I just ended up sitting down finishing it. Right. You know, it only took like an hour and a half to finish the whole thing. So it's not... You know, it's not a giant commitment, but um, I was surprised to hear that. I really was. Oh, yeah. Actually, it doesn't surprise me at all. And, and I think it's great because, you know, we can approach it however, however we want, right? We can, uh, we have that freedom. So, and it is very readable. I mean, truly, I think you could, you know, certainly read this in a very short amount of time. Um, but I, I will say, I think even if we do that, I think it's still good to go back and maybe, maybe just ponder you know, a couple at a time, if not one at a time, because, you know, each one is in its own way is very rich. And it's, it's that simplicity of it. It's that being attentive and mindful and keeping our eyes and our ears open for those little tiny opportunities that can make a huge difference in someone's life. Like another one was about uh, a friend just sending text messages um, at just the right time when they were needed. And who, I, I think maybe, maybe most of us who, who, who text can relate to that. There have been times when somebody just was there with a, that text message uh, that we needed in that moment. I love that story too, actually. I think that that is a very clear reminder of how simple this can actually be. In that story in particular, um, the, the person receiving the text was exhausted from flight delays and she had a big meeting. And uh, that morning she just received texts from her friend that said, you can do it. Come on, one more, one more foot in front of the other. You can make it, and that—that's all she needed to get through it. It's so tiny, but so amazingly impactful. Yes, we have no idea the the power that we do have to impact other people's lives. So that's that's what's coming through loud and clear to me from this book, and um, and I just I can't I can't strongly enough encourage people to pick up a copy of this. Um, I I want to talk a little bit about um, there's a project or. Um, I don't know if project is the right word, but a, a, a company that you and I understand your sister founded that kind of uh, was the catalyst for this book, right? Uh, so tell us about Words with Sisters. So Words with Sisters is a little company my sister and I started uh, because we really feel like there are a lot of beautiful messages. Besides People Are Good, the People Are Good book, um, we just feel like there are a lot of beautiful messages out there that we would like to share. So I actually, my background is I've been a book, a book editor for 31 years. And she has always been my editor, uh, my co-editor, or my proofer. And we've worked together, you know, forever. And we just really feel like there are so many, you know, if we can be honest and blunt, there are a lot of terrible stories out there. There are a lot of, there's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of heartbreak. We get it. We have our, we, we have our, you know, antenna up. We know that that's true. But we also know that given the opportunity, you can see some beautiful stories. So our passion is to communicate or to tell stories, or to uh, create works that are meaningful and that provide joy, that provide a different perspective on the world that can be good and happy, bring that bring joy. Um, so our company, Words for Sisters, really focuses on those kind of pieces. 
And yeah, don't we need that? Like you said, you, you don't have to go very far. You, you know, you just uh, turn on your computer, uh, walk out the door. You know, there's, there's, there's plenty of reasons to, um, to be discouraged. Um, but if we keep our eyes open, which I think has been the theme of our discussion, those stories of inspiration are out there. And the best news of all is that we, you and I, can be one of those stories. Right. You know, I've had a lot of pushback from people that say, oh, Anna, you're so Pollyanna-ish. You think that this is, the world is just, you know, unicorns and rainbows. I've heard that a lot from this book. But you know what? I, I hold true to the fact is it's absolutely true that there's hard stuff out there. And I, I get it. But I also think that if you look with your eyes open and your heart open, you will see opportunities for goodness and you will hear of goodness continually. I mean, people are going to be excited to share this good, positive feeling with you if you're sharing that good, positive feeling with them. And so I, I'm going to go with that. I really am. I'm oh, yeah. Oh, and I'm going to go with you because you know what? And I'm going to borrow a little bit from uh, Ravi Zacharias here. He'll say he says it much better than than I can articulate it. But the very fact that there is evil in this world is is really uh, it, it points to the fact that there's good, right? So, so we don't need a lot of proof of evil, you know. Just it's it's there, but its very existence points us to the fact that there is there is good. There is you know we talk about morality. If there's immorality, we can all agree on that. But that means, by definition, that there must be something. There must be a moral lawgiver. There must be something true and good and pure in this universe. And our hearts are longing for that. So, yes, why not point us to those instances? Because it's built within us. We long for it. It is. It is built within us. And you, when you wake up in the morning, you have a choice. Am I going to embrace all this negativity? Am I going to be sad? Am I going to be frustrated? Or am I going to find something positive? I'm going to find my path that's going to make a, a difference today. It's a, it's a choice that you can make. I, I really believe that. Exactly, exactly. Well, well, Anna, thank you so much for sharing this good news with us today. Thank you for this book. Let's talk about where we can get this book and tell us how people can get in touch with you. Well, thank you. Yes. Okay, so it's on Amazon, um, needless to say, and um, you can get it there. But if you, I've actually had people interested more in bulk sales. And if you want bulk sales, you can get it with my publishing company. They give a really great deal. Um, and it's Aloha Publishing. It's out of Eagle, Idaho, and uh, they do some really great um, deals that way. Um, and just to get in touch with me, I'm Anna at wordswithsisters.com. Okay, so wordswithsisters.com. Yep. Excellent. Um, hear from your from your listeners. That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. And, I yeah, I'd love to find out if any of them do get in touch with you. And, again, I, I know that you compiled these stories based on submissions you got and Perhaps if you get more stories, there'll be other other books or other publications in the future. We are certainly hoping that. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you. And when that happens, we would love to have you back. Um, you're welcome anytime. Um, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us today on the aisle. Thank you so much. I loved being here. I sure appreciate it. Well, I hope after all that, you are inspired to look for the stories right outside your own front door. Or for that matter, they might be happening right under your nose. Or better yet, be that story. That's right. I'm not afraid to use cliches. Maybe you have a story you'd like to share with Anna. And if so, you can look her up at wordswithsisters.com. Oh, and of course, you can also pick up a copy of her book there, too. People are good. So, it's been a while since our last random drawing of random awesomeness. 
but I didn't forget a who knew. I still have a bunch of books and other lovely random thingies I would love to send you, so I will be doing a drawing of all new subscribers through February 13th, because that's a nice random date, and announcing the winner here on the blog, isleofmisfits.com. That's I-S-L-E of misfits.com on Valentine's Day. See how nicely that works out? And if you've already subscribed, just send some people my way and shoot me a message to credit yourself and I will enter you too. You do that by going to the blog, to the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see a little box. You can enter your email address and that's that. So my friends, until next time, you know what to do. Own your awkward and love that fellow misfit.